0: Welcome back to the show, Scotty Saller and Matty Rogers here on a Wednesday night. Yes. Um. Thank you for joining us once again. And as we start looking forward to this weekend's game at uh, games at Vegas, there has been a man that has we saw him grace our, our screens and our and listen on our our radios back in the in the nineties for the St George Dragons, mm. not the St George Illawarra Dragons. That man's name is David New. So he's been on this crusade for many many years yes. in the country of the United States, hasn't he, Rat, to try and get rugby league on a grand scale?
2: Oh, he has. He and, has. And, and to the point where even, you know, had a bit to do with getting my brother over there to play in New Jersey, which was fantastic back in the early 2000s. So, yeah, it's um, made f- fantastic to have him on the show, but also fantastic to see, I'm sure from his point of view, to see the NRL in the U.S.
0: Yeah, we're going to hear from the man himself. Live from Philadelphia, David New is on the line for Sports Day. How are you, Dave?
1: Got Matt, how are you, boys?
0: We're very, very well. I'm really excited to talk to you because, as I was saying, you've been on this crusade for a long time to try and introduce rugby league, not only in the schools, which you did when you moved over to Philly uh, in the 90s, but also on a grander scale, much like a, a UK Super League um, style. So with this game in Vegas on the weekend, it must be just a, a sight for sore eyes.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. You know as you guys mentioned, I've been here a while. It feels forever almost thirty years now, so I've seen a lot of things happen over that period of time from you know the, the ground up from just trying to get the game started very humbly from guys playing and learning the game, uh putting on internationals, having you know teams such as Australia, the kangaroos coming across and playing here, England, New Zealand, uh, a national club competition, and now watching the NRL come here. It's kind of surreal, but very, very exciting. Can't wait for next Saturday.
0: Now let's go back that 30 years because you moved over to Philly as a teacher, and that's is that when you started introducing rugby league into schools, Dave?
1: It was, you know, it was a combination of things. It was one, it was introducing the game, you know, to kids, you know, various, in various forms from from flag rugby league. Try to remove some of the contact and get people more interested because, as you imagine, in the 90s talking to schools about playing rugby a you know, sport without shoulder pads and helmets it was a little concerning so you know sort of modified the rules and, and got people interested that way or anyway anyway you could get them to hold a the ball and at the same time we had a team from Glen Mills schools where I worked with the staff members who played against others that we formed a, a club competition so it was almost like the longest yard right the school was a, wow. a place that kids were sent from the courts from around the, from the country uh, some kids from gangs and bad situations. So the staff were big, strong college athletic um, um, former football players who really converted to the game of, of rugby league quite easily. So you've seen a lot and um, seen the ups and downs. And this is certainly we're up at the moment and really enjoying what's coming.
2: Now, how was it received in those early days, Dave? Like it? They must have. I mean, I've I've trained with some American sides out here, and and sometimes the the concept of, of play what you see in front of you is a little bit foreign to them because it's, you know, in American football, it's like the play is the play and you run that play. Um, how was it received, that ad-lib type of football where you just sort of go out there and sort of you express yourself with your skill?
1: Yeah, it's funny because, you know, for the most part, if you've got some basketballs to cross over, that was all right. You know, they were used to playing in space and, and moving the ball around. But a lot of the footballers, if they came from a, a defensive position, they never touched the ball. So, yeah, when guys were on and they were breaking them in half. But when they didn't have the ball, they'd just take off down the field. They'd be blocking people and knocking them over. So the first games that we ever played, you blokes would be laughing. It was just crazy. You know? So you just had to try and get them conditioned to you know, pass backwards, to move forward. It just made no sense to them. But certainly the contact and the ability to to sort of touch the ball and play on both sides of the ball was exciting for them.
0: Now, I remember talking... Back in around 2007, to yourself, Dave, when when we were at the yeah. Gold Coast Titans, and and it, just, it seemed as though it was just on the verge of a possible Super League type scenario, starting in in the US with with teams in different in different states and different cities. Now the NRL has said they're you know possibly looking at a Super League in the US. I think it'd be ludicrous if they went and bought the UK Super League; it loses too much money. But to start a Super League style in the U.S. How do you think that would be received?
1: I think there's an opportunity, right? There's, there's certainly a massive sports marketplace. The population could, could satisfy the style of game and a you know, dynamic nature of rugby league. All those things make, make sense totally. When we tried to do it way back in 2007, it was related to a media partnership. So it happened to be a, a conversation and a relationship with a network called Spike, owned by Viacom, and they were the guys that presented the original uh, Ultimate Fighter. So we looked at it as a way of trying to get out into the community, in the marketplace, and across the country and identify athletes in a TV-based program that got them to have an opportunity to play in this professional rugby league competition. So we actually were all the way down the path, and then the market crashed, mm-hmm. as you might recall, in 2008. Yep. But they pulled back, pulled back funding, so I've always believed that there's a place for a professional level of this game where you can get the bottom, you know, the grassroots work, you can get it into the high schools and into the universities, and then you can work from the top down, and all those things can meet. I still believe there's an opportunity for a professional rugby league competition here done right.
2: Yeah, well, I believe it too. Given in the last probably decade, we've seen the rise of... Major League Soccer, mm. um, which is not the staple in, in the U.S. We've seen the rise of rugby, uh, Major League Rugby over there with um, you know, uh, the Guillotinis and you know Texas owned by Adam Gilchrist at the time, an Aussie. Um, it's a huge market. I mean, given that they do have those staples, are you, are you trying to crack into those markets or are you trying to create a whole new market for itself? You're not trying to steal from other sports. You're trying to create something new. Is that what, is that what the, sort of the mission would be?
1: Yeah, I think it could be a combination of, both. if you look at soccer, when I got here in the early 90s, there was a lot of expats, you know, and they were trying to get the game up and moving, but some of them were, you know, well-oiled, they had had a ton of money. so they had the ability to take, you know, a global game like soccer, find a community here in the U.S. of, of, of initial adopters, so people from all over the world that loved soccer, and it started, you know... Quite humbly, but you know, just recently, a soccer franchise is selling for close to half a billion dollars, mm-hmm. five hundred thousand dollars, That's in a period of thirty years. Yeah. And if you look at the other sports, lacrosse has grown here, so there's every opportunity for rugby league to really, really find its place in the market. People tend to say that they're going to get confused by rugby union and 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 the other versions of rugby, rugby sevens that are here, but I see it, and I've always believed that that rugby league. Looks way more like American football, which they understand, than the other two. And and you and know, they no disrespect the rugby union, Manny. I know you played both. I yep. played both as well. But just for this audience, for this marketplace, for a produced you know product, for a broadcast, whether it's you know free air or streaming, it makes sense. So, you know, smart people, people with who are well resourced that can fund those sort of opportunities. Those things can happen, and I really believe they can happen far quicker because of what's going on in Vegas on March the 2nd.
2: Yeah, well, I was going to.
1: High profile, all the eyeballs, it gets the attention and the energy, and then people get their heads together and go, hang on, there's something here. Mm.
2: Yeah, well, I was going to ask you off the back of this Vegas trip, and, and I can only imagine it's, this isn't going to be a one off. I, I can imagine this being, you know, next five or six years. They keep going back, and the crowds, you know, continually growing every year and the excitement around it becoming more and more, what hopes um, do the local community have? I mean, the rugby league community, and I know it's not a huge community, but it's a passionate community. What, what would you love to see come out of this, Dave?
1: I, I think they've got high hopes for a good reason, is that finally they've got an opportunity to direct people to something major in this country around a rugby league event. It's massive for NRL teams. Then they can point them to the television. If they can't make it to Vegas, they can all watch it live on Fox Sports. So they can sort of tell their friends and their community, here's where you can watch it on a platform, which normally they wouldn't get, Mm. which is exciting for them. Mm. And then all the energy that comes from this, all the guys that are going to come and play in the Nines tournament that's going on out in Vegas next um, Thursday, this Thursday and Friday coming, or a Masters tournament, or a Combine, all those people are going to go back to their communities really excited about what's going on which exponentially you know helps to grow the game you know those things help this thing to move forward you know collectively so there's so many things that are going to come from it that we don't really know about now but, that ideally we're going to see you know months after this event knowing that they're coming back again next March and, and according to you know what we've been told it's going to be a five-year plan. Mm. A lot of good things can happen in that period of time.
2: Absolutely, I know it's
0: in Canada. Remember the interest that the Toronto Wolfpack got yeah. when they first come into the yeah, yeah. first yeah. division of the of the Super well,
2: League. I'm just, I'm, I'm not excited. I'm, i thinking, are the licenses, are the licenses for sale for the for the US NRL <laughs> side? <laughs> Might be worth getting in on one early. <laughs> hey, hey, Dave. Out of all the um, the cities, if you know, when you were
0: looking at cities back in 2007 that would be hosting potential yeah. Super League rugby league teams. What would have been the most popular city to play for for a player?
1: Oh, two ways to look at it. From a from a business standpoint, it would be the major media markets. You know, New York, Philadelphia, LA, Miami, Dallas. Have almost mirrored some of the football teams. And for a player's perspective, somewhere warm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're really going to have to make sure. <laughs> You're really going to make sure that you, you, you know the seasonality of the tournament's important, isn't it? It's not just about You know, the ability, because this country is so massive, you know, if you're seeing football, you can play and it's bright sunshine on the West Coast and it's snow on on the East Coast. So those things are going to come into consideration, Uh, but also competition. You know, who you're up against, what's their ideal time? I think all of us would think it would make sense is right about now. NFL's finished. All you know, that that desire and appetite for contact and football style. And and let's let's face it, now our ball looks similar. We play on a similar shaped field. And the rules and the strategy are very similar. Why not try and find and capture a time of the year that makes sense? You know, if you look at what's going on with the rock and the and the spring football, yes, they're trying to do the same thing. So yep. that there's kind of a race for where's the opportunity and where's that lie. In in my mind, it's somewhere between, you know, the end of February, early March, like we're talking about now, up until probably May or June. Because so mm-hmm. when summer starts here, it gets very busy in terms of you know, the competition for people's attention. The Americans love to go to the beach and mm. do all their summer stuff. And, you know, they go on holidays. So you don't really want to go up against that. And, you know, baseball sort of has an opportunity there without much competition and basketball. So, you know, identifying the key window, how long you want that competition to be for. Because we see football in this country, and you guys see it as well, the American football has been a real smart um, operating schedule where they show and give you just enough over 16, 17 weeks and then the playoffs that you really want more after it's yes. finished rather than mm. some of these extended yeah. competitions where absolutely. it can be too much. Yep.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, Dave, it's been great to catch up because you've been at the Coalface for many, many years over there. The you've pioneer. Been, yeah, absolutely. You've been com- preaching <laughs> to <laughs> the converted here. We'd love to see it happen. And I think come Saturday, Vegas time, Sunday, Australian time, you'll, have a, you'll be smiling like a Cheshire cat and – Let's hope that one day your dream comes to fruition and you're heavily involved in that. So thanks for joining us on Sports Day, Dave, because we know it's getting there late at night where yeah, you are in Philly, Philly at the moment. Absolutely. So we're, uh, we're uh, very privileged to be able to have you on air tonight. Thanks very much.
1: I appreciate it, guys. It's wonderful. And as I said, you know, I'm excited about it. Can't wait for Saturday. And hopefully it's something that all rugby league fans will be really proud of and excited to see get bigger and bigger.